outside smell. Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I love it. That's the signal. Let's go. Welcome to the second episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. I'm Steve And Nicholson. I'm Paul Nicholson. And together with our guests, over the next hour or so, we'll be putting some musical wrongs to rights by trimming albums that are arguably too damn long. Today, we're taking on Rock God's Guns N' Roses and one of their heavily hyped and much-anticipated dual 1991 releases, Use Your Illusion 1. What's going to make the TTMF Supercut version of the album? November Rain? Don't Cry? Live and Let Die? What's not going to make it? Bad Obsession? Perfect Crime? And the theme to the popular children's TV show, Paw Patrol, Back Off Bitch? Stay tuned (laughs) to find out. (laughs) And we've got guests to help us do this, including an appetite for destruction era, Guns N' Roses fan. And he has some not nice things to say about GNR in the Use Your Illusion period. And we ask a 13-year-old teenager to listen to the album for the first time and tell us what his favourite song is on it in a new feature called Hey, Generation Z. This is what real music sounds like. Why we're doing this? Uh, we're both huge music lovers and got into music during the transition period where CDs became the dominant uh, musical format for consumers. During that time, towards the late 80s, early 90s, what we started to see is artists, um, because they could, making their albums longer. No longer were they restricted to putting an album out on vinyl, which had to be about 50 minutes maximum. With CDs, they can now put out what would be regarded as a single album on an 80-minute CD. Now, just because you can do that doesn't mean that you should do it. And what we found is that that a number of artists were releasing albums with really too many songs on it. Why not take the best songs, put them out as you normally would have, and you could have kept those extra songs for old-school B-sides or just not even release them. So that's what this podcast is all about. What we want to do is take one of those albums we feel is too long and shorten it and just have the best songs on there. So (laughs) there are three golden rules we need to follow with each album. Uh, The album must be no longer than 50 minutes. For the tracks that we select, they must be resequenced for the best listening experience. Um, The tracks recorded at the same time as the album, but which did not feature, can be included. Uh, So that could be A's and B-sides, alternative versions, and so on. For the album we're looking at today, that is not something we have to contend with because we're just looking at the songs that featured on the original release. Ultimately, after we've had a healthy debate about what songs we want to include and drop, fallen out with each other, made up again, we will end up with the TTMS supercut of the album. Uh, well, we didn't want to do this on our own, so we invited two offers of millions selling Guns N' Roses books onto the show to buy this with some informed commentary. Sadly, they were unavailable, so we've got these guys instead. 
Welcome for the first time to the Trimming the Musical Fat podcast, Mr. Brian Borthwick. Hello, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Excellent, we're glad to have you. And a return for Mr. Paul Murphy. Hello, and how are you? How's it? Oh, very well, thank you. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Looking forward Smashing. to Smashing. It's a good album. So uh, it is indeed, yeah, and one very much needing the trimming the musical fat treatment, absolutely. Uh, so what you guys been been up to since the last time we spoke? Oh uh <laughs> been travelling around the world and... <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to television. When you say travelling around the world, is that uh, maybe moving from Musselboro to Edinburgh and back? Oh sorry, did I say the world? I meant the house. <laughs> travelling around the house. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Toured the world and beyond the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, you were gonna say Paul Murphy to use your illusion part one takes a lot of your time, so uh <laughs> listening to mostly that. Seventy six minutes, I think, yeah. Play, yeah. That's yeah. true. So uh and actually it's been the first time I've listened and, to in a long yeah. time and it's been very, very enjoyable cutting it down to something that makes it a bit better. Um yeah, and I got myself a new coffee <laughs> machine as well, so very good. You are treating yourself. And uh, you, did you guys, obviously the main thing in the news this week is the uh, Meghan and Harry interview with Oprah. Did you Did you watch it? I did, yes, yes. Watched that the other night. What did, what did you think? What did you think? Well, I think some of, the, uh, some of the stories, sort of, you can see through what's going on, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I believe them. Yeah. Suppose you'll thing is you'll never you'll well, never ever know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. No, but at this point, Brian, I'd like to introduce our mystery guest, and it's <laughs> Megan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, no, that's it. You, 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 you. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, did you uh, watch? I've it, not Paul? watched it. No, because I'd uh, rather watch paint dry than watch. Uh, bunch of uh, privileged royals moaning about uh, having to make their own money through Netflix and Spotify uh, podcast deals. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think, I, what did I do when it was on? I think I uh, made myself a coffee for my new coffee machine. <laughs> so are you part, Paul, of the royal family fan um, Is that right? I don't think they do themselves much, much help when, uh, when there's things like this happen. But I will say, yeah. at least it's and Pier- three less mouths mm-hmm. to feed. Well, and Piers Morgan <laughs> left his job because well, of it. Every, every cloud is a silver line. <laughs> I know. It's unlike Piers to say something slightly controversial, isn't it? Couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, liked his, I liked his walk-off. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I did walk back on ten yes. minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not taking I'm, any of this. I'm done with this. Actually, back. actually uh, I might do this myself tonight on this programme. If I'm not happy with how it's going, I might be walking off as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you if you end the, if you end the first makes the cut, you're out. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> That's me. I'm done with and this. And you can come back at then to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, on our previous show, Brian, we talked about the to, to the guests about how they're finding the, the COVID 
lockdown so let's ask you that same question how, how have you found it and what's the first thing you want to do once we get back to normal mm. which is looking like it will hopefully hopefully be this summer ah yes interesting question <laughs> uh, it's that's why we yeah. ask it it's been it's been strange actually it's felt quite quick considering it's been a year a year of sort of doing nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been quite quick but mm-hmm. ah, it's, it's, it's not been too bad I have to admit it's, homeschooling's had its uh, <laughs> challenges <laughs> well, shall we say God I'm yes glad, I'm glad mm-hmm. I'm glad they're back to school <laughs> well some of them I know Mon- Mon- on Monday and, well, well I know, but then, uh, like, if you've got high school kids, they're going back for a morning. Oh, is it a morning? Uh, hours, hours is for one day. Uh, or, or, no, the, the Liberton, the, the, it's, it's half. Half a day. Half a day. <laughs> what's, what's the point? It seems a waste of time, eh? Yeah, ours is one it day. Is. It really does. <laughs> one day they're going back. One day? Yep. Oh, well, better so, than uh, half well, a day, that's for just, sure. Just, just, yes. <laughs> I know. Right. And what's it you want to do first, Brian? Uh, oh. The things that you're looking forward to getting back to doing once once we're, we're back to normal after COVID. There, there is only one thing, and that is to check out this new poker table that you've got in the in the man cave. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. That's it. Get up. That's the one thing. Check looking out forward to conversion. Get the poker. Yep. Get the poker table exactly. out. Get the beers out. Yeah, just absolutely think... priorities. Just to. Uh, be able to do anything really, <laughs> just to do normal stuff. Eh? Just I know. go to the shops. I know. Go to the pub. Although I don't know. Scott Mid. I don't, I don't know uh, how the drinking will go on. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able. To, I think we'll all be like two drinks and then home. <laughs> no, two, 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 two glasses of uh, Phantom. We're calling a taxi. <laughs> yeah, it will be. <laughs> yeah, so just to have a bit of talking normal. of which. So Brian, yes. you're you're. But normality, yeah. No, you, you, I was going to say you are a, actually a taxi uh, driver, so yeah, this must have hit you hard as well in the pocket. It has, yes. But ah, I've still been yeah. struggling on, struggling on, working away. Yeah, doing has what I meant, can. But... Has it meant you going back to? Has it meant mm. you going back to your old job of prostitution? <laughs> well, no, yet, no, yet. But I'm still thinking about it, so. You know, just for pleasure. Never rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. I don't want. I don't want paid for it. Obviously. <laughs> Maybe just do it part time. <laughs> Weekend. Brian, Brian, can I tell? Uh, yes. You know, if somebody goes, "Can you call me a taxi?" And somebody says to you, "Okay, you're a taxi." Hey. Good <laughs> one. Taxi joke. Is that your uh, Guns and Roses joke? Uh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think our listeners will be pleased to hear the jokes do improve as we progress. Well, well. Anyway, it's great to, to have you on. Thank you. Well, maybe not. It's great to have you on, Brian. Great to have you back, Paul, as we, as we delve into this week's album. Let's start talking about the subject of this episode, which is Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion 1 album. So, Use Your Illusion 1 uh, was one of two albums released on the same day by GNR, the other being Use Your Illusion 2. 
It's the follow-up to the biggest-selling debut album of all time, and, and that was Appetite for Destruction, which has now sold over an incredible 30 million copies and features the signature GNR hits Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome to the Jungle, and Paradise City. Um, User Illusion 1 and 2 uh, were released in the UK and the US in August 1991. Uh, the record was produced by Mike Clink and GNR. Uh, the cover was designed by a gentleman called Mark Castavi and features the work of pizza-munching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Raphael, with his painting, The School of Athens. The prominent colours are red, yellow, black and white, which hark back to Appetite for Destruction. Cowbunga, dude. There are 16 songs on it. It was a one-disc CD. Uh, it was on a vinyl double album with nine tracks on disc one and seven on disc two. The album is 76 minutes in duration, which means today we need to lose at least 26 minutes from the runtime. There were three uh, singles lifted from the album. The first being Don't Cry in September 1991, which got uh, to number eight in the UK singles chart. Uh, that featured the uh, Usual Illusion 1 version of Don't Cry uh, also featured the Usual Illusion 2 version with the alternative lyrics and a demo version uh, which predated Appetite for Destruction. Uh, the next single from it was a cover of Paul McCartney and Wings's Live and Let Die that was released in December of 91 and that got to, to number 5. The other tracks on the single release were Shadow of Your Love, uh, which uh, hadn't appeared on any Guns N' Roses album, and a live version of Live and Let Die from Wembley Stadium uh, in August of the same year. And the final, the final single to be released from the album was in March of 1992, and that was the epic November Rain, which reached number four in the UK singles chart. Paul? And when, when the album was released in ninety one. One and two, actually, the, the retailer in America called Kmart, they refused to, to sell it due to the profanity and the lyrics, the language. But actually what happened in 98, which was seven years later, Walmart actually agreed to sell an alternate version on a single disc, combining one and two together, and it had no bad language on it. So I'm going to quickly go through the, the songs that were on the single disc. For... Paul... Paul, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I think that's out of order. <laughs> they should have stopped the album. Are we in Kisma? Walmart. <laughs> Kmart. And does it not say that on the front of the album? Like, uh, if you're offended by this, go to the New Age section. Did it not say that on the front of the album? Yeah, that's right. It did. It did. Well, it was better than telling listeners uh, <laughs> off. Anyway, okay, sorry to interrupt. So the 12 tracks that were combined from Usual Illusion in 1 and 2 that were seen to have no profanity that made made the, the single album was Live and Let Die, Don't Cry, You Ain't the First, November Rain, The Garden, Dead Horse, Civil War, 14 Years, Yesterday's Knocker on Heaven's Door, estranged and don't cry the alternate lyric version so that was a single disc that was compiled in 98 from 
Walmart. Can you hold on just... So two versions, two versions That's right, of yeah. Crack. I know, it seems a bit... <laughs> yeah. Bonkers. I thought you were talking about the John Lennon album, Two Virgins. <laughs> two versions. Uh... <laughs> I need to get personal. <laughs> okay. And the, the critical review, when the album came out, it was mainly positive. Uh, the, the highlights for a lot of the critics were November Rain and Coma. But there was criticism for the rest of the, for a, well, for a lot of the album being filler, really, which actually is part of the reason what, what we're doing today, actually. And it was the 71st best-selling album of the 90s worldwide. It sold 17 million copies. So it went seven times platinum in the US, then it went platinum in the UK, and it reached number two in, in the UK and the US. Move on to the next Talking bit. of hype, actually. Uh -huh. Sorry, sorry, Paul. Uh -huh. No, so no. I'm just talking no, about okay. hype. Uh, do you think it did live up to the hype when it came out, the albums? Uh... For me personally, yeah, I love yeah. them. When they came out, mm. yeah, I think they did as well. Eh? Don't know if they're coming out yes. now. If they would, but yeah, at the time, I think eh, at the time it felt like were, it did, yeah. Well, I remember, remember it. Uh, it felt like a massive thing them coming out, especially two albums at the same mm -hmm. time. It's like yeah. wow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think it well, did live up to the height. Hi, I know. <laughs> yeah, same here. That, that... I remember just being really excited at the time. Um, yeah, a... I think the music on it as well is it really broadened their sound uh, compared to mm -hmm. Appetite for Destruction. Um, yeah. When you compare what's on, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big, a big, uh, a, what, a big what change. I would say is that uh, I think Appetite for Destruction has aged better than Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. You know, you can listen to Appetite for Destruction, it still sounds quite. I don't know, timeless, whereas Use Your Illusions dated more, I would say. It's, it sounds more of its time. But anyway, I'd, I'd agree I'd agree with you there, actually, Paul. Oh. Thank yeah. you, it's nice. I'd listen, I'd listen yeah, to the so Destruction more, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think it's because maybe Appetite's uh, very much a more of a straight-ahead It's dangerous, album, yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's mm. a yeah, yeah, sleazy, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, don't like right. <laughs> That's my middle names, and, and you've not aged at all, Brian. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. You, yes. are, you are like appetite, <laughs> not aged at all. Like, like, yeah, like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> and he's still playing the same old tunes. <laughs> Classics. Okay. Um, okay, Paul. So the album was released in 1991. What were the top 10 selling singles for okay, that? Okay, so I'll start from 10 and work our way down to number one. So at number 10, Ooh. Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. At number nine, Wind of Change by The Scorpions. Number eight, Gonna Make hey. Respect by CNC Music Factory. At number seven, my theme <laughs> tune, I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. At number six, More Than Words by Extreme. <laughs> At number five, Sadness by Enigma. At number four, Joyride by Roxette. At number three, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. 
At number two, Black or White by Michael Jackson. And the number one selling song worldwide for 1991 was, you've guessed it, the, think of that denim jacket every week. Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for you. Oh. Was the number one was the number one selling single, and it, yeah, I remember sixteen weeks number one in the UK. Alone, yeah, sixteen weeks. Sixteen yeah. weeks. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. That's like four okay. months. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys actually buy it? I bought. I all think I did. Two million nope. copies of them. <laughs> I know. That's uh any other songs on there uh favorites of yours guys? I think it's in a uh, I mean it may be Losing my religion. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. some a bit more variety in there. I mean I guess like CNC music factory and stuff, but uh gonna make yeah, you sweat. It's a bit of a mm-hmm. transition Bacon. time that that whole thing, wasn't it? More Scorpions. words in there. <laughs> Scorpions, yeah. Down to Goggy Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was your that was your chat up line up uptown, Brian, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> gonna make you sweat. No, time to say. you made wind of change. <laughs> <laughs> no, the more appropriate one was rush, rush, rush. <laughs> Black or white? Then, yeah. then sadness. <laughs> I'll take you on a joyride. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Paul, we'll move the on ten to albums. the yeah. top ten albums of uh, 1991. Yeah. What, what a list it is. So these are the top ten selling albums worldwide in '91. So at number ten was the album where. Talking about today, Usual Illusion 1 by Guns N' Roses. That was number 10. At number 9, Blood Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. At number 8, Waking Up the Neighbours by Brian Adams. At number 7 was 10 by Pearl Jam. At number 6 was Out of Time by R.E.M. At number 5 was Dangerous by Michael Jackson. And number 4 was Usual Illusion 2 by Guns N' Roses. Number 3 was Actung Baby by U2. Number two was Nevermind, and the number one selling album of 1991 worldwide was Metallica, Metallica, or commonly known as the Black Album. Oh, that's, a, that's an impressive top so, ten. Um, Very it's, good, it's isn't brilliant, it? Brilliant, isn't it? It sure is. Wow. Um, you, what favourites favourites of yours are in there, Brian? Uh, well, Metallica, yeah, most of them, I think. Metallica, Nevermind, both the Use Your Illusions. R.E.M. Yeah. What else? U2? <laughs> yeah, I think most yeah. of the top ten you could... U2, yeah. I don't think there was really a bad one in there, was there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Not really. Yeah, um, I think Paul it's... Uh, yeah. Amazing the difference between singles and albums, uh, how the albums are pretty pretty much up there as classic albums that are in that year. So, yeah, I think it's great selection stuff in there. What a year to have been alive for our younger listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Paul, I was just going to say... Very true. What, in answer to your question there, you know, you were talking about the singles looking very different. So there was only three artists who had three of the singles had one of the top ten albums. 
you know, people mm-hmm. that were in the top 10 singles, obviously mm-hmm. being Brian Adams, R.E.M. and Michael Jackson. So they all had, they had a number one album and uh, a, a top selling single and a top selling album. But other than that, you're right. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that list for, for me. Um, probably there will be no other year when you see the top 10 selling albums and there's as many of my favourite albums in the top 10. I mean, I mean, that's unbelievable. Metallica, Nirvana, U2, Guns N' Roses, R.E.M., Pearl Jam. Do you know, do you know what's interesting? Surprise. Do you know what's interesting? It... Oh. Sorry, on you go, Brian. I was just going to say, surprise, Metallica, yeah. number one, actually. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's going to be right side fed up? Up or something? <laughs> well, I, I take it that was 11. Just missed out, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say what's quite fascinating as well. I could be wrong here, but, you know, these albums, they were all released in the latter half of the year as well, pretty much. They're all, you know, around August, September, near the end of the year. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think, you know, Metallica hmm. was, Nirvana was, U2 was, Use Your Illusions 2 were, Dangerous Michael Jackson right. was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I think mm-hmm. the majority of them, mm-hmm. so they would have been all released at quite a similar period. So, w- what a great month of, you know, for albums, you know, at that time. I remember at the time I was buying a Q magazine, and I remember that was like every week or every second week it was a big mm-hmm. new album coming out. So I do I remember that Q always did an end of year uh, top hundred, mm-hmm. top fifty or top one hundred albums. Um, and I just remember that year. It was like yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Such a good Definitely. year for albums. Anywho, we better move on and let's talk the top 10 movies of nineteen. Yeah, so the top 10 uh, grossing movies worldwide for 1991 were at number 10, City Slickers. At number 9, Hot Shots. At number 8, Cape Fear. At number 7, The Adams Family. At number 6, JFK. At number five, Silence of the Lambs. At number four, Hook. At number three, Beauty and the Beast. At number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And at number one was Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is very relevant to the artists that we're going to talk about today. Great movie. Mm. <clears throat> Great movie. Uh, and, and the thing actually that surprises me most about that top 10. I know, I didn't. Is, I thought it was a flop. Right, which obviously a Steven, mm. Steven Spielberg movie, yeah, and, and it's regarded as a, you know, a failure. Um, I know I never went to see it at the cinema. I love Steven Spielberg, but I never went to see Hook, and it's mm. meant to be regarded as a failure, but That's it was the fourth highest grossing movie of the year. Never seen it. Bizarre. Uh, any favourites? Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. Um, to be fair, <laughs> Paul Murphy, any any favorite oh, movies of yours? Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, not for uh, Robin Hood, but for uh, Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman. <laughs> quite a nice variety of films there as well. Christmas <laughs> is cancer. Good variety of films. JFK is another good one. So yeah, I mean, I mean again, it's sort of highlights mm-hmm. just the difference between now and then where. Well, not just got the cinema now anyway, but uh, not a single super movie, a superhero movie in there. So, uh, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Silence of the Lambs, great movie. JFK, yep, Cape Fear is really good. 
Um, but yeah, T- Terminator Two, yeah, classic sequel. I mean, I've got, I've got a funny story with that because uh, I remember we were on holiday in the Channel Islands down in Jersey, and we were staying mm, with right. family friends, me and Paul. And there were there was a competition in a newspaper to get advanced tickets to see Terminator mm-hmm. Two, maybe mm-hmm. a week, two weeks before it came out. And I remember I kept calling this number uh, to to get through. Uh, and I think the more you called, the more chance you had of getting them. Um, so I did get the tickets, but what I hadn't realised is that it was a premium number, uh, and obviously it wasn't our our house or anything. So <laughs> I'm glad we left Jersey before the the their phone bill came in. That's for sure. <laughs> but we got to see it early, so it's, so the story ended well. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll move on and talk about the top three news stories yeah, so, of 1991, Paul. It's hard to believe it's 30 years ago now, but yeah, so top news, news stories that uh, in February of that, that year, the first Iraq war ended with Kuwait liberated. Uh, Lithuania, Estonia and Latvia won independence from the USSR. And on the 24th of November, it was the, the sad death of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, which I uh, can't believe will be 30 years. Got, mm. yep, gone, mm. but not forgotten, that's for sure. Oh, Okay, thank you very thank much you. for that, Paul. Yeah, but Paul, who won, uh, who won Eurovision that year? To... That's what I want you to know. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> probably Kenny Logan, that guy. He always won it every year, didn't he? I was going to say that, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no more the fool. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we're going to trim the talk where we have to answer all the questions we have here in a three minute time span. So, the questions all relate to today's artists, Guns and Roses. So, guys, are you ready yep. for this? Yes. Three minutes start now. Okay. Describe Guns and Roses in three words. Dangerous, dirty, hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Paul, Mur- Paul Murphy, quick kill. Moving on. Cycle shorts. <laughs> Dangerous, unpredictable, talented. I'm going to say rock and roll. Uh, Next question. Uh, Have you seen Guns N' Roses live or solo? Once. No, but my mum has. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, So where did you see it Gateshead Stadium, supported by yes. supported by Faith No More and Soundgarden. That's correct. Yes. Two minutes left. Uh, what a what mm-hmm. a, a lineup! Good concert. Good. Uh, so, Paul, yeah, if you've not seen them, your your mum has. Okay, uh, Paul Nicholson. Yeah, where did your mum see them, um, Paul? Which Paul? Yeah, yeah, my mum. My mum saw them. She Paul was Murphy, uh, where did your massive fan of Guns and Roses. So. 
She went to see them in uh, mm-hmm. at 1987 when they were playing at the Marquee in London. Oh, brilliant. Ooh. For me, that was wow. them at their peak, actually. That'd be the best. Lucky her. Yeah. I'm going to move a song so we're on a timer here, guys. Yeah, so we've Paul seen Nicholson. them twice and you were there. So we saw them at Gateshead, like Brian was saying, and we saw them the mm-hmm. year after at Milton Keen, at the Milton Keynes Bowl. Mm. And that was the best ah, one. The second show. one was yeah. the best one. That's where... That's right. Did I yeah, guess Izzy Stradlin came back for those, sh- those shows, yeah. One minute remaining. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, Favourite two Guns N' Roses Favourite two. Uh, Appetite for yep. Destruction and Use Your Illusion 1. Appetite for Destruction okay. and The Spaghetti Incident. All right, okay. Chinese Democracy Paul? and The Spaghetti Incident. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my favourite two albums are Appetite for Destruction and Use Your Illusion 2. 30 seconds to go. Uh, same for me, yeah. Uh, Favourite Guns N' Roses song? Koma. Paradise City. Don't Cry. A Paradise City for me as well. Uh, Favourite member of Guns N' Roses? Uh, has to be Axel. Slash. Axel. And that's our time up. We do have time for the other questions, guys. There we go. Three minutes goes by so quick. Thank you for that. Uh, One, I am going to actually, you've heard that before, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the question I'm going to ask uh, each of you, because I'm interested, is what would you rate Use Your Illusion out of five? You know, um, so if, if one being terrible, five being a classic, what would you rate? Uh, Four. Your illusion one. Three. Okay, Paul Murphy. Ooh, I would say three as well. Actually, Paul Nicholson. I would say four. So we're we're looking at a three point five mm. average there. Okay, thank goodness I didn't have to tax my uh, math skills uh, <laughs> with that one. We should have just gave ones and ones and twos yes, and fours you, just, to, just to confuse you. <laughs> no, I would get, two. I'd give it 4.7. 4, 4. <laughs> okay. okay, so we're going to move on to TTMF wow. joke time. Uh, so does anybody know any good Guns N' Roses yes. jokes? Well, I, I don't know about good. Go for it, Brian. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, did you hear about the racing car sponsored by Guns N' Roses? It had problems with its axle. Oh, it had no, problems with its axle. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That's that. That actually uh, does pass the muster. Up, I like that. Uh, I've got. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find one headline, so I, I made it myself. <laughs> uh, well, I, I did find a really good one uh, online, and uh, I'm trying to uh, remember it now. Yeah, so anyway, um, 
I remember I bought uh, Guns N' Roses sponsored sat nav for my car years ago, but it was rubbish because any time I asked it for directions, all it would say, <laughs> Do you know where you are? <laughs> I thank you. I'm available for <laughs> available for weddings and all parties. <laughs> any any others? I can't follow on that. That's too good. Unfortunately, not. A very I've got one here. Moment. I've got one here. <laughs> there were three guys on a plane. All of them had their hands out of the windows. One had a box of gold. One had a box of silver. One had a nuclear bomb. Guy one dropped the gold and someone said, yeah, I'm rich. Guy two dropped the silver and someone said, ouch. A big box of silver landed on my head. Guy three dropped the nuclear bomb and Axel Rose said, Slash played a guitar solo and the house blew up. That's maybe not a great joke. (laughs) 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 Is it technically oh, not, a no. joke? This is when anybody else can do their Piers Morgan and walk off. That's right. I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah, Ryan, time to go. If Guns N' Roses ever had a hotel, I hope they had a sweet oh. child of mine. Uh, now... I'll, I'll tell you what, Kamal, I, was look, I was looking at jokes online and what one of the things that I did find is people really went to town oh, yeah. on Axel yeah. for his weight gain. And, you know, in some, some of the written, but genuinely, um, it was, uh, must have been quite hurtful. But um, despite that, there was something quite funny, which I will, <laughs> I will repeat um, based on one of those posts that's got a picture of uh, Axel obviously looking a bit bigger than his his eighties nineties prime, and somebody's put above the photo, <laughs> "Take me down to the barbecue city where the ribs are greasy and the fries are crispy." Uh... <laughs> Which is just really cruel, yeah. And the same photo, somebody's put another one. You know where you are? You're in the kitchen, baby. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, well, everybody, that will be the jokes. Let's hear what a 13-year-old has to say about Guns N' Roses in a new feature called... Hey Generation Z, this is what real music sounds like. So Luke, you've just listened to Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion 1 album for the first time. Uh, so what do you think? I thought it was a, a good album, but um, I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the songs, but there were a few I did like. And what was the, your favourite song after listening to it? Living Let Die, because it's in James Bond and I'm a big like, movie fan. So that was one of the reasons it persuaded me to choose that one. And didn't you say to me that you thought most of the songs on the album just sounded the same? Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Uh, And what kind of music do you normally like? 
Well, I like a wide range of music. Um, and yeah, just like a broad range of music. And in that broad range of music, will you be listening to Guns N' Roses again? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it's time to trim the fat. So for this selection, we're including just the songs from the original 1991 release because there is no alternative cuts or B-sides, etc., which would be suitable to consider based on the three TTMF golden rules. Uh, so before we actually get into the songs themselves, let's maybe talk about the, the, the cover, which um, obviously Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 were the same but with different colouring on it. And it is based on a, a painting by Raphael, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, so what did you guys think of the, the album cover? It's good. Uh, I, th- I always thought it was a bit cheap. Looking. Thanks for that. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. compared to... I was a bit disappointed with it as well, actually. Right. Really? Mm. For a big follow-up album, and it was like a big budget and well, stuff, well, it just mm-hmm. looks a bit cheap especially compared to the original appetite for destruction album even in the, mm. the later one it was uh, yeah yeah i, yeah, quite I liked it, actually i thought it was quite good just just that it was different i don't know i just i remember having the t-shirt actually uh no i, I quite liked the cover actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah same here i thought it was nice nice and colorful but i know what you guys mean with maybe the the rock edge uh, rocky edge out the, the yeah. figure that's to the front that's actually it doesn't really the explain writing. maybe the album the cover maybe doesn't yeah, explain yeah. anything no. about the album could have been better i think yeah okay thank for that uh, so let's actually start talking about what's on the album though so uh, what we'll do, I think, first is we'll go through the songs that uh, three or four of us would have put on our our versions of Use Your Illusion 1. So, so those songs will automatically make the TTMS supercut. So what we'll maybe do is we'll, we'll talk, talk through them just now. So the first one, and this was a unanimous choice, is Right Next Door to Hell. Great song. It's a great song to start the album, I think. Good up-tempo rock song. Yeah. I think it's uh, Mm -hmm. definitely the first song in the album, I think. Yeah, kicks definitely grand grand style. Uh, One of the things that I didn't know about the song until is um, is that it was based on a true, well, so-called true story where Axel was having issues with oh, yeah. uh, a neighbour. Yeah. I actually just found that <laughs> out two days it? ago. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. I read about um, that the other day and I just found that out. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So yeah, he did uh, having issues with a neighbour and he got arrested because uh, she claimed that <laughs> he hit her with a wine bottle. Don't, don't believe that. <laughs> which, which obviously is... No, 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 I mean, the guy doesn't <laughs> exactly. have any anger issues at all. So... Uh, Axel 
That's all labelled her a fanatical (laughs) fan. Um, And the apartment was eventually given away in an MTV (laughs) Bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, bizarre, isn't it? So there we go, right next door to hell. The, The next song that we've got on there is a cover version, and that is Live and Let Die. So, Brother Paul. You're a big Paul McCartney fan. What do you think of this it's version of nowhere of as good as the original classic? Uh, what I would say is, though, I do like the live at Wembley, which was actually done. It was on uh, the CD single for November Rain. It was on one of the CD singles, and I actually thought, oh, it was actually Living Like That. Yeah, that, that was uh, that version was really mm-hmm. good because yeah, it was yeah. really different, but. The version on Use Your Illusion for me, it's a bit, it's a bit tame really, compared to the original version, which is far superior. But I do like the live version. I have to say that's 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 good. Yeah, I wouldn't have had it on. I, I don't think. Yeah, it's a, I was going to say that. Yeah, Paul, yeah. But it's a particularly great cover. I think it's yeah. I think it's strange that they went with one of the one of the main singles from the album as a cover. Um, I mean, maybe it made more people aware of the original song, but uh, I just don't think it's that great. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember at the time, actually, some of the people I worked with who were not rock fans and certainly not Guns N' Roses fans, and their ears kind of pricked up when that came out, obviously, when it was a, a single. And so, oh, is that Guns N' Roses? But yeah. Uh-huh. And so maybe it was, you know, a lot of bands do release cover versions to... Uh, to, to maybe ensnare a certain audience that they, they don't have. Um, so I remember remember that having the effect. The, the next one is Don't Cry. Don't you And that was selected by, I think, all four of us. So, Brian, yeah, what's it's, your a, it's a good song. For a for one of uh, Guns N' Roses' slower songs, it's yeah, I like it. It's good. I think I actually I prefer it now listening yeah. to it than I did. I think that... before when it first came out the album. I think it's uh, I sort of like it more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, thinking, matured yeah. with age, just like yourself. Must be me, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, now I think who who had this? I think it was the favourite Guns N' Roses. Paul Nicholson song. was it not? It wasn't always my favourite song, but just I think it's one of the the few from the album that have aged well, actually. That still still sound good. Now. Just what we were um, talking about, Neil. Yeah. Hmm. Oh right, yeah. So so 
So, so yeah, for me, oh, right, okay. There's a good demo version, yeah, I, I, I think, wasn't it was that... a CD single? Remember that as well? It was a good demo, mm. version. yeah, that was, uh, yeah, because it was written before mm. Appetite for Destruction, yeah. that demo apparently is from what was it? Appetite yeah. for Destruction was recorded. Mm. Excellent. The, the next one we've got on there is and Double Talking Jive. Like an Izzy Stradlin solo song. Feels a bit like filler, really. Yeah. I didn't when I was looking at uh, when I was compiling my Use Your Illusion version of the album, I was trying to focus on a, a kind of more what I think what it was supposed to be was more of a harder album, a bit more akin to Appetite for Destruction. So yeah, I just felt it was a bit I think a lot of the songs um when it was like reading about the making of it, uh like Izzy Stradlin came along with eight songs and then Axel Rose came along with another ten songs, Slash came along with So yeah, I just kind of felt a bit like filler really. It's not a great song. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have it on my album either. Yeah, it's just not No, I didn't. Oh you didn't have it on yours, you did. <laughs> I think I did. Well anyway, I'm taking it off now. Why is this no now? It's just it just feels like uh I remember listening to it and stuff, but when you listen to it now, it just feels like swearing for the sake of swearing. And just, I don't know, just, yeah, not aged well. Yes. All right, well, I, I stand correct. I can confirm, but Paul, please on your I would take it off now. <laughs> do you, do you, I love it now. Uh, well, I'm going to fight for this one because I think it's great. I, I agree. I love, uh, I love the, the way the drums kick in. Yeah, and it's a real ah. kind of driving one. Good little riff on it there, and I think this like the, the guitar solo in it. Ah, I think it's a great song. Flash. I was listening to it today, today actually, and I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a really good song. It's always been one of my favourites. I think on the yeah. Use Your Illusion, uh, Use Your Illusion yeah. one. Yeah, same here. Uh, I love how it that goes bit is that good. Kind of that bit is good. Yeah, the that guitar is good. at the end ah, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's great. Mm-hmm. Big fan of this one. Uh, the next one is uh, the uh, the epic power ballad that is November Rain. So who wants to talk talk us through uh, November Rain as a selection? I know Paul yeah, I mean, got go a new one. So again, again I tried uh, to focus on making the making my selection of songs again more more like Appetite for Destruction, a bit harder. Um, I think going back and listening to November Rain uh, might sound controversial. I think it could be potentially a brilliant song, but 
I think it's it kind of sums up a lot of uh, Guns N' Roses at the time. It's way too long. The intro's too long. The ending goes on forever. Um, it also sounds a bit cheap now because they've got synthesizers instead of an orchestra, which is really ironic because they actually had a full orchestra in the video. But it's um, it's just synthesizers in the in the song, and I think uh, sort of for me it feels like it probably needed a a producer, a good producer, to say, right, okay, uh, really, you know, good basis of a great song, but turn it into a brilliant song by having a good orchestration on it, good arrangement, uh, cutting it down a little bit, uh, and it probably would have fitted a bit better on uh, Use Your Illusion Two rather than usually one, I think it just sort of sticks out. I mean, it's a great song. I'm sorry, I don't think mm -hmm. it's a brilliant song. I think it's yes. a good song, but uh, it sort of sticks out a bit on it. It's just, you know, it, feel, it doesn't feel quite like it's sitting with the rest of it. And it feels in a way a bit cynical because it's like to try and get sales of Use Your Illusion on 1UP, which Paul was talking about earlier, shows you maybe how it's caused the, the streaming uh, figures to go up because it has November Rain on it. Yeah, I, I uh, would agree with you on that it is a, maybe a bit of an outlier on uh, Use Your Illusion 1 uh, and that Use Your Illusion 1 is perhaps more the, the kind of straight-ahead, rockier album of the two. So I'd agree with that. Um, the song itself, though, I love. I think it's a fantastic song. Oh, I, I loved it from the first time I heard it and I was listening to it again yesterday, loud, and I still love it. I, I think it's... Uh, I love how it builds... Uh, and then changes for the last three or four minutes with you know that incredible. See, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's like slash guitar it's, solo in there I mean, as well. Slash and... is a brilliant guitarist, but I don't think the solo is that great. I think it's I think it was the first or second take that he did of it. It just feels a bit like I don't know. It just it, yeah, I don't mm -hmm. think it's a great reflection. And I think also, I mean, it is. I find it quite hard going back to it because it does make me think when I was a teenager. And you thought, oh, this was really cool. And you watch the video and it's all a bit, kind of a bit it's now. It's a bit, <laughs> a bit of a cliche, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think any, I don't think any of us are going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And going on the MTV Awards of Elton John with Harvey Elton John was wearing, pianos. Elton John not wearing like shorts, like a big jacket yeah. and a pair of shorts. You remember that? Yeah. Is that what oh, you were looking for, Paul? That, you know, That's right, yeah. Guns and Roses fan, I remember when they went. <laughs> That's a bit you noticed. <laughs> yeah. But, but I do I'm remember that and thinking, I know, I, just, I do remember being, watching that and it was a bit... <laughs> A bit cringe-worthy, the MTV Awards when they've done that. It was like, mm. uh, but did you know, with November Rain, that it was the longest song in history to enter mm -hmm. the top 10 of the US Billboard 100? Mm, I didn't know that. When it was released as a single in 1992. Can, I never got a chance to speak um, about The next one that's making it is... Yeah. I'll yeah. just be quick. Crap. Uh, oh, do you want to speak about it? <laughs> I, re go, I remember really it. loving it at the time. <laughs> I really loved it at the time, but but as years have went on, it's it's a bit cringy now, and I don't know. Just I think like what Paul was saying, all the you know this instead of an orchestra, it's all done on like a keyboard, and it just sounds really quite false and almost quite pretentious, like they're taking themselves far too seriously. 
Whereas actually the demo, I remember hearing a demo, which you can get now, but I remember at the time you couldn't get it and somebody like me, and it's just on acoustic and it's brilliant. It's the best version. Mm-hmm. So just on the acoustic, I think it was done pre-update for destruction, actually. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's not... They've yeah. had it for years, didn't they? And they just haven't mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on November Rain. It's actually amazing the number of songs that Guns N' Roses that's had right. before Appetite for Destruction that made it onto Use Your Illusion. That Use Your Illusion albums, there, there's so many. Um, yeah. Okay, next one that made the cut is The Garden. So that's the one that features uh, Alice Cooper on it. So... I think Brian, no, didn't I didn't have that on your one, did you? But I um, actually and yeah. uh-huh. I was actually listening to it today. Use your illusion, and uh, it's actually not a bad mm-hmm. song, The Garden. So it was it could have could have sneaked in there, but yeah, yeah I was uh, I was never that keen on it to start with, but yeah, it, it's all right, it's all right. But no, it didn't make the cut. <laughs> No. Didn't make your cut. Uh, I think it made your cut. Paul Murphy, what was your thoughts? I mean, I think with a lot of these songs that are a bit, you know, like when I was looking at my cut down of it all, I I mean, I have to say that the songs aren't quite as at the same level as Appetite for Destruction when they're going for the harder, sort of rockier songs. But uh, I, I, I mean, I do quite like it. It's a, it's, it's quite a catchy song. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's got Alice Cooper on it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I do quite like it as a as a song. It's yeah, yeah, I think it's quite a good song. Yeah, it's good to hear Alice Cooper because it was around that time where I guess I I was kind of getting into a bit of Alice Cooper. You know, like Poison and He's Stupid, and it was all around that time. So yeah, I think it's quite a good song. Not brilliant, but it's it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I like the psychedelic uh, uh, psychedelic aspect of it there, and it's a, a really good driving chorus in it. Now, talking of driving uh, songs, next one is a, a two-minute blast, The Garden of Eden. So Paul Murphy, I think this made your no. In fact, this didn't make your one, Paul, did it? Yeah. No, and it's a you know a big rocker one that you like. So why didn't um, it make your cut? I mean, it was quite hard. I was I was having to cut it down to when I was looking at the the, the songs on my 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 list, and I was at forty five minutes. I could have stuck it on, but um, what well, does a nice ten songs? But yeah, I don't think it's a brilliant song, so. Kind of kept it off. Although it's nice to actually hear a, a, a short song for a change by the Mons album. And Brian, I think this this was one uh, going back to the nineties. Ah, I think yeah, you yeah. always liked yep. this one, didn't you? That's uh, a good uh, 
to say a short song, a good blast to rock. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think it's a really good song. I think it's good having a short song because a lot of the songs are quite long and it's nice and and it just it it kind of took me back to Baptist Destruction era Guns N' Roses. So yeah, no, I I liked it. It's good. Alrighty, we're moving on to the next one to make the cut, which is Brian's favourite Guns N' Roses song, and that is Coma. So Brian, tell us about Coma. It's a it's a long song, but I like how it changes tempo and a lot of different stuff going on in the song. But yeah, it's just a, a great song. Wasn't my wasn't my favourite when it first came out, mind you, but no, no. Uh, oh really? I think I've grown into it more and but ah it's a great song. It's got a bit of bit of rock, it slows down. A lot of sort of weird stuff going on as well. But yeah. Brilliant song. Especially for a mm-hmm. such a long song as well. It's, yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't seem to drag at all? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I, I love how it tells uh, uh, yeah. it tells the story in the ten minutes there, uh, and it was ri- ri- it was written by uh, Axel and Slash, uh, uh, and they both had had had, oh. had drug overdoses, so it was all about that, um, and obviously getting the defibrillator to bring them mm. back to life. So basically, it's, it's, it's telling the story uh, of of somebody who is. Had a drug overdose and they are passing away. Then ah, it's a great song, and, and so on. I love it. That's. I mean, I said paradise. I said paradise. It was my favorite Guns and Roses song, but this mm. is a very, very, very yeah. close second. Yeah, I love the riff in it. Superb. Um, I certainly Pony, do. Yeah, no, it's Pony a great Wilson, song. It's one of the ones that. The loving for coma. Uh, I remember when the album came out, and it was one of the ones I instantly really liked, and I still think it stands out. Stands up today. Actually, it's. Yeah, I just I just love that. Yeah, the the heaviness of the riff and the guitar and the end bit's great as well. The melodies and stuff. Yeah, so great song. Paul, this didn't make your your cut, and uh, was that purely well, I mean, down length to the length of it, it or I mean, the quality of the I mean, song? Uh, in your, in your go, against, <laughs> uh, go against against uh, the the tidier, and uh, I don't think it's a great song. I think it's again. It's a, I mean, it's like ten minutes long. It's Get off! I'm, like, I'm done with this. This is this is Guns and Roses at their bloated <laughs> worst. Get like just like like Axl Rose now. I'm afraid it's oh. just yeah. I I yeah. It just kind of again sums up to me where they ended up by this point. You know, why have a four minute song when you can have a ten minute song because. There was no restriction on CDs or, you know, like in terms of the length of, of albums. So, yeah, that's why I got it length and also because, yeah, just don't think it's that great. Sorry. Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder exactly, um, yeah. and everyone has their opinions and and we respect them here on TTMF. <laughs> right now, Paul, time to leave. <laughs> 
Anyway, let's move on uh, to the last song that um, is making the, the, the super cut at this point, and that is Perfect Crime. So I think, Paul Murphy, this is one that, uh, of yours that did make yeah. it. It's a, it's a really, really good song, and it's short it as well. <laughs> uh, I think it might be the... Is it the shortest, actually? Yeah. I think maybe a... Uh, oh, that or the Garden of Eden. Uh, so, uh, yeah, one or the other. But yeah, short, seconds. Uh, that must yeah. be it then, Paul. Yeah, the shortest one. Yeah, great song. Yeah, for, for, for me, um, I actually didn't have it on mine, and I listened to it the other day. And I just thought that is a really good two minute blast of music. It's got to be on it. Yeah, really good song, so, actually. It I is. Think, um, it reminds me Paul a bit like uh, the same with Garden of Eden. Take, takes back to after construction, just short, sharp, gets to the point, and that's it, after, which is good for this album. Yeah. Yeah, I just agree. A good okay. in right. your face rock song, and short and just straight to the point. Good song. I like it. the songs that are definitely making it on to the supercut. So we've got nine songs there and they tally up to 44 minutes, which means we've only got space for one more song. And we will debate what that song will be very, very shortly. But before we get to it, I just want to mention the three songs that are not going to make the cut that were nominated. And, and Paul Murphy, I feel really bad because you were the only one to nominate these three songs, and, and uh, unfortunately, none made it. Uh, and those songs yeah, I think are. Also, I mean, if um, we look at Dead the, Horse. The, the songs that I've chosen uh, that haven't made it, again, because I've tried to go for my playlist uh, album version as, you know, like that bit more rockier songs. Uh, I mean, I think Dead Horse is an interesting song. It's not brilliant, but. Fits well on as an album, yeah. I think. Agreed, I think it's a decent song. Yeah. Uh, I think the I other think one you had here mother, was uh, uh, Bad Apples. Mother decent Songs well, it's not too long as well. Well, it's for under five minutes, so uh, yeah. Again, I put it in as being trying to focus on more rockier uh, types of songs, and um, add it as the opening track on my second side because I thought it worked quite well as that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah. Uh, and I think the other one you had uh, well, you know, you've got to have a bit of. I mean, it's it's not an, it's not a <laughs> it's it's not a Guns and Roses uh, album of that era unless you've got uh, something controversial in it. Well, um, now Back Off Bitch was actually another song that was written before Appetite for Destruction and was written partially about uh, Axel's then girlfriend. And uh, I think they moved to LA together in 1982. She kicked him out in 1983. Guess to what, guys? Guess cycling shorts are a bit too tight. (laughs) His addiction problem. Wine bottle over the head. Guess again. No, it was for leaving the toilet seat up too many times. Uh, no, it, uh, you've guessed it. It was due to... Well, you can't leave the toilet Really? Up, you know. it's quite <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. So those are the three songs that did not make it from Usual Illusion 1. And apologies to Paul Murphy. Um, I know what you were going for there, Paul, the more kind of straight-ahead, shorter rock songs. Uh, but obviously the rest of us would uh, have went for <laughs> longer epics in this case. So we now need to decide what that final song is going to be on the album. But before we get to that, let's now hear from our guest interviewee, Mark Poole. So I'm delighted to now be joined on the Trimming the Musical Fat podcast by friend and author, Mr. Mark Poole. How are you, Mark? Hello, Stephen. Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, this fine Saturday morning. So, so Mark, we're obviously friends and you used to live in Edinburgh and you're now based in beautiful Lake District. Uh, I suppose, what was it you liked about the Lake District? Um, well, um, it was actually handy, which is unusual for, um, for a job. Uh, my wife, we were living in London, and my wife got offered a job up here, and we we, we went for it, and she got it. And uh, so, yeah, there's not many people move from London to Cumbria for work rather than the other way around. But uh, <laughs> we did that, and uh, yeah, and it's a good place to live. <laughs> it's not very handy if you yeah, want to get anywhere no. quickly, but if you want to be able to get to lots of good cities within two hours or three hours, it's very handily located. If you've got a lot of time, in lots of places. Yeah. And so we've been in lockdown now, COVID lockdown, Mark, for the best part of uh, a year. Uh, how, how have you uh, found it? Um, yeah, I've uh, I've missed people, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I get out of the house at least once a day because uh, we've got a dog uh, who demands that we get out of the house all the time. Uh, got taken for walks, and there's lots of nice places to walk, so we're lucky with that. You know, it's not we can get yeah. into the up onto some golf courses, up onto hills and stuff really quickly, into some nice woods and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're lucky with where we are, but, uh, you know, I can still do a change of scenery. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. It seems like a beautiful dream Absolutely. being able to uh, go places and see people and do things. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will happen soon enough. What is the one thing that you're really looking forward to doing the most once lockdown is over. Oh, man, I, I, I'd probably change my have a different example every day, but I think there's one thing. A friend <laughs> and I were, were planning vaguely to go to Brora 
in the Highlands to watch Brora Rangers play Wick Academy in the Highland League at some point, just as a sort of random thing that we <laughs> quite fancied. And I really, right. that just has more and more appeal to me every time I think of it, because it's just like the freedom to do something just because you want to do it without having to think, oh, I yeah. can't do this, I can't do that. Um, I've never been to Brora in my life. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. dreaming of Brora. It's a, it's a okay. tiny place between nice. Inverness and the top bit. <laughs> so yeah yeah it sounds nice something something different fresh air hills yeah people yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, highland, and highland league football yeah nice well maybe not so nice you know <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we're here today mark talk about guns and roses and uh, we obviously went to, to high school together and one of the other guests on the podcast today is brian so brian is also in our year at high school. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's fair to say we were, uh, for want of a better expression, we were first exposed to Guns N' Roses <laughs> probably around about 1987, 1988, uh, when Appetite for Destruction exploded. And would it, would it be fair to say you weren't really a fan from the off? Um, they wouldn't have been my first choice of band to listen to. Um, I, um, there was a lot of good stuff came out in '87, wasn't there? I think um, oh, yeah. Metallica, Beastie Boys, Faith No More all brought out big albums in '87. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome to the Jungle, and Paradise City. You, I mean, like you can't really turn your nose up too much at any of them because, or any, no one can. I, I, I wouldn't. They're, they're classic tracks. But Guns N' Roses weren't my weren't my first band of choice at that time. Yeah. And what music were you primarily into, Mark, in the, the, the late 80s and heading into the early 90s? It was just before I started to get into Nirvana and stuff. Um, I was, I, I was, I liked Metallica a lot, but um, I think my main sort of subgenre then was funk metal. Um, I was mm. a big fan of Faith No More um, and, yep. and also Fishbone, who are a bit less well known. But we're also a very good funky band, funky metally band, um, and yeah, they, that those were my uh, my favourites then. And then I, I was round about that time I started to get into Jane's Addiction as well. Jane's Addiction, a band that have stuck with me. You know, I still like them now as mm-hmm. much as I did then, like Nirvana. You know, whereas more was more a thing of the time. Um, so, Guns N' Roses released their two Use Your Illusion albums in 1991, and the subject of this podcast is the Use Your Illusion 1. So you didn't really like them when people would regard them as being at their peak around Appetite for Destruction. They then come back in 91 with these two double albums. What were you thinking then? I, I was thinking I preferred Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt they were getting a bit... Um operatic maybe uh i don't know a bit less instinctive and a bit more grandiose and starting to do bigger things that just didn't feel as as like immediate i i, I thought we um, bringing out two albums yeah. at the same time as well i i, I thought that i don't know mm-hmm. I, I, that didn't sit well with me <laughs> okay right so yeah maybe a, maybe a touch of overindulgence in your opinion uh, yeah i think that's fair to say yeah yeah uh, well, it was a, a good job then, Mark, uh, that you were thinking that and then had concert tickets to see them uh, the following year <laughs> down in 
yeah. <laughs> down in Gateshead. So yeah, yourself, uh, me, uh, Brian and Paul, um, we went down to see them in Gateshead in 1992. And the bill that day, which when you look back is, is sensational, was yeah. Soundgarden, yeah. Faith No More and Guns and Roses. So, so what's your memories of that day? Yeah, yeah. So we would travel a hundred miles to go and see a band that I've just said I didn't really like that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I went to see. I went. I, the, well, obviously went because I wanted to go with you guys, and we always had fun together. Yes, um, we did. But, um, we do. <laughs> oh yes. Um, but um, yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that Soundgarden and Faith No More were supporting Guns N' Roses on that day, I may have decided not to go. Uh, mm. Because by that point, yeah, I was into. Soundgarden along with Nirvana um, that, and that whole exciting scene that I was mm. very much going on. Um, but yeah, um, my memories, well, well, I'll tell you, before I talk about that um, being at Gateshead Arena then, for that, on the same day, I think, um, I think I remember this right, and I keep telling everyone this, so I hope it is right, but I'm sure that um, the Beastie Boys and the Rollins Band were playing at Newcastle Uni that night. I think that is true, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think you'd said you you probably would prefer to go to that instead. <laughs> well, I mean, we probably could have done that. I know this is my biggest regret in life. But, uh, yeah, we're too young to plan these things properly. Probably at that time, I know everyone else knows Guns and Roses, but that would have been such an amazing day for me because because Guns and Roses were on for so long. Uh, yeah, Soundgarden and Faith No More were playing quite early in the day. I'm sure that's right. I've seen Soundgarden, seen Faith No More. Done the crossed the tide and gone and seen the Rollins band Beasties. and um, Beastie Boys. I think I was just Beasties. starting to get into the Rollins band then. Um, and yeah, obviously, I love the Beastie Boys. And I've never seen, I never saw the Beastie Boys, which is. Oh, you, you never got to see them? Shocker. I think I was on holiday uh, when they had that, all those gigs at the Barras in Glasgow. Yeah. And, uh, and then they've done the SEC, I think, 99 yeah. or 98. I, yeah, I was in um, London. That's right, because yeah. I think it was me, Brian, and Adele went to see that. Yeah. Uh, I just but, remember um, the, the bass being so loud <laughs> the Beastie Boys show, and they were yeah. playing in the round, but yeah, the bass just kind of rattled your teeth. Yeah, so I missed that, and I also missed Faith No More at the Barrowlands when they did. Yes, that was, oh yeah. You weren't at the one um, we went to see in 93, no, 92 or 93? I think I, I think I, I wasn't no, and I think I was on holiday then as well. I must have gone on a lot of holidays. Oh, in there, nightmare! That sounds like it. Yeah, were you, were you ever actually here? Time uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and uh, again, rub it in. The Faith No More show was brilliant as well at the Barrow. I know. I remember everyone talking about it. Yeah, but um, but yes, yeah, yeah. so the forty-five minutes of Faith No More supporting Guns N' Roses and Gateshead in '92 is the only time I saw my favourite band. Uh, so, oh, nightmare! So, Didn't know that. To, to Axel and Slash for getting Faith No More to support yeah. and then uh, and yeah they were brilliant for 45 minutes and Soundgarden were brilliant for 30 minutes and then um, and then Guns N' Roses did their thing for three hours I think didn't they <laughs> it was a long a long show and it's actually something we talk about on the, the, the bonus podcast which will come one week after this one where uh, I think the consensus is yes the set was over long <laughs> And there were issues with pacing uh, and a, a, a lot of yeah. indulgence going on. Because uh, me and Paul obviously went to see them the following year at Milton Keynes. 
and they were fantastic the following year. And oh, and yeah. funnily enough, they'd got rid of all the uh, all those extra people on stage. It was just the band. Uh, they'd cut the the set list. They were focusing more on just kind of the rock, the, the rock songs, if you like. Yeah. They'd put a nice wee acoustic set in the middle of it and it looked like they were having a good time. And that show the following year was a million times better than the one they did at Gateshead. Right. Yeah, that's, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was. But no, I mean, yeah, it was, it, was, it was still a really good day out. And, and I think that one of the biggest memories I have of it I think it was you and Jonathan uh, up on shoulders doing the Jesus Christ pose during Soundgarden set. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yes. That is, that is one of my favourite songs of all time. <laughs> so that's a superb song. Yeah. Probably Soundgarden's best. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Uh, but yeah, you guys were up there uh, doing that. But yeah, I just remember it being, I think, a nice day weather, weather-wise. Yeah. And we just all had a, had a good time uh, with it. Uh, which is what it's all about yeah so there's a, cool. there's a moral there for the kids that are listening isn't there even if you're, there sure if you're is. not a big fan of the headliners don't rule out a trip to take these opportunities go and see these bands absolutely and and uh a few of us have tickets go and see guns and roses the the reformed mostly guns and roses who are playing Glasgow. It's meant to be last year, rescheduled to this year. We're still waiting to find out if that will go ahead. Uh, I'm guessing you're not making the trip up to join us, Mark. Um, I don't. Uh, um, yeah, after, in spite of what I've just said, probably not now. <laughs> <laughs> so, kids, you take what Mark says with a yeah. pinch of salt. You, you, <laughs> as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just to, to wind up, Mark, are you, are you working on any, any projects at this moment in time? Um, I'm writing a piece for um, a Scottish football magazine called Nutmeg about um, how, okay. I, how I think our league should be reorganised for the better, for the good of everyone. Uh, Interesting. So hopefully be out in there issue 20 in a few months' time. Perfect. Well, Mark's been lovely talking to you today. Thanks for giving us your, your time and uh, good luck with your future endeavours and stay it's safe. It's been a lot of fun. Good to speak to you. What we're going to do is we are going to get to the segment of the show that is called, after track five of Use Your Illusion 2, uh, Get In The Ring. Um, and each of us will have a, a short amount of time just to make a case as to why a certain song should not be on the TTMS supercut of the album. Okay, uh, so once the, the person has discussed their song and why it shouldn't be on the album, We'll then throw it out to the rest of the group for their thoughts on it. After we've went through all four songs, we will then rate uh, each of the songs out of five, and the one with the the, the highest score will make it onto that. <laughs> Are those yes. clear, gentlemen? Alrighty. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to spin up the wheel here to decide who is going first. So who is going first? Ding 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 ding. It's in fact, it's actually Paul Nicholson's. So, Paul, your song that uh, you are very adamant to up here. On... Don't damn me when I speak a piece of mind, because I am too. 
illusion one is what? <laughs> yeah, it's I know, just, but let's talk about the song. It's pretty boring, really. It's just, yeah, just like, yeah, they're just jamming, really, and it's just boring, and that's the side of the album that's really bloated. Yes, yeah, so that's why I wouldn't want it on the album. Yeah. No. Okay. It's just boring. Uh, just, just not inspiring you at all. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you're wrong. I think Paul Murphy, you had it in your. Yeah, no, it's another one of these songs <laughs> yeah. that uh, uh-huh. Slash is the co-writer on. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just quite liked it. Uh, it's a bit long. Um, again, it's a song that's, that's over five minutes, and it doesn't need to be that long, but. Uh, no, I thought it fitted in quite well with the rest of the rockier type of songs, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had it, I had it on my list. Uh, I really like it. I think it's a really good song. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, it was on my list. Oh, yes. did you? Okay. I'd say it's probably it's mm-hmm. it's one of yeah, one of my more favourite songs in the, the album as well. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's I think it's really good. Oh well. Wow. Yeah, good okay. good rock song. Okay. Yeah, for 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 me, um, yeah, uh, for me, it's I don't know if there's anything special about it, but yeah, it's, it's decent enough. Uh, I like the the, mm. the the kind of break part in the in the middle where it slows down slightly. That's really good, and there's a good riff on it as well. Um, so yeah, for me, it never made my cut. I just don't think it's anything special, but yeah, it's decent decent enough. Okay, um, thank you for that. We'll move on and spin the wheel again and. Next up is me. Okay, so so my choice was Bad Obsession. Why should it not be on that album? Um, it maybe doesn't fit in as such with a lot of the rest of the material on it. I think it sits more with, yes, with the rockier side mm. of the, the album, but it's perhaps a little bit more roll, Rolling Stonesy, bluesy uh, type type song. Um, so it, it perhaps doesn't fit in all that much with the, the rest. And uh, I think also it's too long. Um, I think it's too long. Could have knocked two minutes off it. However, I will say in its favour, the the first 30 seconds are great where it has the different guitars and so on, kind of doing the riff before the drums kick in. Uh, So that bit's great. Uh, I I maybe think that the rest of the song doesn't kind of hold up to that. Um, But yes, that's the reason why I feel maybe it does not have a place on our album. It might just not fit in with the rest of the material. Uh, it's it's uh, an alright song, but it's no... I think it's just sort of... It's one of these songs that's just there. It's a bit sort of... Nah, you don't hate it, but you don't love it. It's a uh, bit... Yeah, it wasn't on my cut. It's not one of my favourites. Okay. Yeah, it's Paul, pretty obvious mm-hmm. what my thoughts on this song okay. are. Uh, Paul Nicholson? Yeah, it's just... It just sounds like a... I don't know. Cowboy band or something. You know, just... <laughs> you know, just yeah, just not. 
No, but do you know what I mean? A bit like, you know, <laughs> I can imagine them... A cowboy band? The video in a barn or something. You know? Singing it at the hoedown. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think it's a great song, and I think it's um, it's in well... Okay, Paul Murphy. Again, if you're something of it as an album, Ooh. it sounds like something by the Rolling Stones from XL Main Street. Um and I think it shows how they've expanded their uh, musical uh, sort of skills repertoire a little bit uh, into that more sort of classic rock um, and doing it in the right way, uh, as opposed to maybe some of the other songs, which feel like they're not necessarily going going that way. So, yeah, I think it's a great song. I think it's really, really good. Um, it is a little bit too long, though. I do think it, it needs to be trimmed a little bit. Uh, I think it repeats the the verse too many times, of mm. course, too many times. But yeah, I really like it. I think it's a great song. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I just oh. spun the wheel again, and we have Mr. Paul Murphy. And Paul, you're going to be talking about <laughs> you ain't the first. <laughs> Because of so many songs on this, I know it's been compared to both albums have been compared to kind of like the White Album by the Beatles on our last podcast, your last podcast. That you know, for any of the listeners out there who haven't listened to that one, I, you know, I think that one's uh, there's a lot of good humor in that that podcast, but it does feel like completely out of place. It feels like it's kind of like a White Album filler song to me. Um, you know, great if you're looking to fill out 72 minutes on a CD, trying to cut it down to 45 minutes. I mean, that was one of the first songs that I took off just because feels like an Izzy Stradlin solo song. Um, and yeah, just not just not for me. Yes. Okay. Uh, Brian. Um, no, it's a terrible song. <laughs> you ain't the uh, first. I, I don't know why it's on the album, actually. It's that. <laughs> just doesn't fit in at all it's just i never listen to it i always skip by it all the time i think the other day was the first time i totally listened to it in full and yeah terrible song <laughs> get off the album and just see how it is we need to yeah that's don't be around the bush <laughs> okay <laughs> crap i actually chose uh, this Paul? to go on the album and the reason the reason <laughs> it's not a brilliant song, but I just think, like, what? It, it just gives a wee bit of, it slows things down a bit, you know, how everything's quite heavy, and I don't know, it's just something, a, a wee acoustic thing that just, I don't know, I feel has a place on the album, but it's not a great song in itself, but I think it would fit well on a single album to break things up. It's like they've it's like they've decided to take a break from recording and just got the okay. acoustic guitars about and messed about and that's what I love for a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's get back to recording. <laughs> okay, well, my, my, my thoughts. Um, well, for for me, for my, my thoughts on it, I think it's um, it was on my selection. 
And the reason why is it a great song? No, is it a, a decent song? I think so. And and I like how, it, as Paul says, it's different to the rest of the stuff on the album. It's acoustic and it just feels like a bit of a a breather, a bit of a palate cleanser before we go back into the kind of rocky stuff again. So that's that's why I thought it'd be nice to have it on the on the album. Alrighty, uh, the last one then is Brian. Dustin and Bones, you're yeah. going to be talking about um, Dustin Bones. Not the worst. song on the album that it sort of has a bit of a filler feel to it as if it's just been put in there I think it gets lost between the first song Right Next Door to Hell and Live and Let Die so it's a bit it's a bit of an unforgettable song I think maybe if it had been later in the album it might have worked better but yeah it's just not the greatest song I would say yeah, I had it on my selection. Okay. I think it's yeah, uh, cool. Paul Murphy. I, I think, think it's quite an interesting one. song. Um, and you know what? I had no idea it was. Uh, is he strong on uh, vocals? Vocals. And it wasn't until I was like doing a bit of research on this, and I was like, oh, I had no idea that was the case. Uh, I w- I was the same Paul right, with uh, Double Talking Jive. I always thought that was Axel. But yeah, I didn't know that either. In with the, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. Again, the sort of like the the rest of the sort of like the the, the rockier sort of uh, take on it. So yeah, I liked it and had it on my list. Yeah, I think it's a really good song. I th- okay. It reminds me of Perfect. something much, like yeah, The Doors would have done, you know, a bit like when you're straight, yeah, people are strange. Uh, so for me, yeah, I think it's a really good mm-hmm. song, actually. Okay. Um yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's, yeah, I think it's a decent song, actually. Uh, kind of, again, more of mm-hmm. a, yeah, Doors is a good shit, actually. A Doors kind of barroom stomp kind of song. Um, but yeah, it's decent. I don't know if it's great, but it's it's a decent song, yeah. I, I, you know, I'll listen to it. I wouldn't fast forward it. We've discussed the four songs. We now need to decide which one of them will make the album. So what we're going to do is we are going to go around each other and rate it out of five. So guys, it's time to, to rate it. So let's go, first of all, with Don't Damn Me. And we'll maybe I would give that order again. Uh, so Brian, four. Yep, four out of five. Out of five. Yeah, four out of five for me. Ooh. All righty, Paul Murphy. I'll give it a three Paul out of five. Uh, I would give it a three as well, I think. So... Um, yeah, so by using the power of my mind, uh, I reckon that gives us 14 for Don't Damn Me. Uh, uh, bad Obsession next. Two. So, Brian. That's quite generous. I'm going to give that oh. four. <laughs> Two okay. for the guitars at the start, which is, which is uh, good. Right, well, I'm going, to give it, I'm going to give it a three, so that gives it 11. Um, zero. So you ain't the first, right? <laughs> zero. I wonder what this is going to be. Uh, one. <laughs> All right. 
Um, Paul. Four. Paul <laughs> really? Okay, I'm going to go three. Um, okay, fair enough. So that gets eight. And our last one, which is dust and uh, balls. Two and a half. Right. Four. Okay. Four also. Palmer, dust and bones. I would give a three, I think, for that one. So uh, that is, what, 13 and a half in there. Now, that half actually has been um, maybe important. That So that it wasn't... Uh, a three that Brian gave there because that means we do have a winner and the final song going on to the album is Don't Damn Me Excellent choice Well done Don't Damn Me so, guys, let's now reveal the TTMF supercut of Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion 1. So we have, right next door to hell, Live and Let Die, Don't Cry, original version, Double Talking Jive, November Rain, The Garden, Garden of Eden, Coma, Perfect Crime, and Don't Damn Me. And we've actually timed that perfectly because that brings the, the track total to 10. <laughs> And the running time to 50 minutes, who so actually couldn't have got it uh, <laughs> any better than that. Uh, so let me go around each of you to ask, what would you rate this version of the album out of, out of five? So, Brian? Yeah, I'd give that a five, actually. It's all good songs. And, and you ain't the first. That gains our work here is done. Gains a point on that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Paul Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> gained one first, so, uh, so uh, automatically gained a star two. there. <laughs> All right, Paul Murphy. I couldn't see, my, I couldn't see myself listening <laughs> to that. Um, too many long songs. <laughs> um, to be uh, fair, you, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it, you, I think you've lost you've three of your selections. In fact, you've lost more than three of your selections. 19 minutes of, the, of that 50, and uh, you know, I don't think it's like <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon or <laughs> we're talking about here. So, yeah, I would, I probably wouldn't even listen to it, to be honest with you. I'd throw it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> don't hold back your Paul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad to hear you're a big fan. <laughs> Glad to hear you're a big fan of the work we've done here this evening. Uh, okay. I think initially I'd said okay. yeah, five. Paul, so... Brother Paul, save us, save us. Four out of five. I'll go up one to four out of five. Good, excellent. Uh, so that leaves me. So let's see, living it, don't double talking, child, don't brain. I think, guys, I'd maybe push that like Brian up to a five, actually. <laughs> I think if I walked in, well, <laughs> don't walk into shops to buy music anymore, but if I was to download that yeah, and play it, I would be damn happy with the Good quality of the songs, I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going five as well, Brian. I'm going five. Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's funny, and of course everybody's got different opinions, because I thought what was quite amusing, Paul Murphy, is a lot of the songs you were picking uh, were the ones that I thought that album tailed off with um, towards the, the latter part where you had uh, Don't Damn Me, uh, Dead Horse and Bad Apples. And those are the ones that I 
maybe disliked or didn't like as much. Uh, and I thought that's where the album took a dip. So it's interesting, you know, everybody's. I mean, I think the, the thing is, is when you're listening to was, it, I mean, like, that was quite I strange. haven't listened to Use Your Illusion one in years, probably about 20 years or something, because it's just like facing Everest. It's like 72 minutes, uh, 75 minutes. Of, 76. It's like the sheer thought of listening to this is just. I don't have the mm-hmm. time to do that now. Never it's mind. It's an unusual <laughs> too. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. So, like, the songs, the way they are, when you're listening to it as a whole album, I mean, it does tail off and it feels like a bit of a drag maybe with some of the songs. So that's why I was trying to compile mine. It was just listening to it a bit differently. Going, actually, maybe these songs, if they were taken out, they'd, you know, they'd get a bit more energy to them. But, yeah, I totally get your point where... When you're going through a 76 minute album, mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you need your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'll take that. So let's uh, let's maybe just uh, to before we wind up, guys, just part and thought. So uh, I, I think, with maybe the exception of Paul Murphy, we all think the TTMS GNR Supercut is better than the original release. Paul's maybe went the, the other way. Uh, with it because uh, there's less songs of his preference on it. Um, but as we yeah, I'd agree. I think uh, one, what are your what your you're parting about, thoughts, like, Brian? Songs tailing off. I'd agree. Like Bad apples, dead horse. It's these sort of songs. Yeah, I'm not too keen on. So to take them out, and obviously you ain't the first to take them out. Yeah, <laughs> I think the album the album sounds a lot better now, and it's it'd be a good listen. I'd, I'd like to listen to that. <laughs> Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, as with Paul Murphy, you've kind of had your part and thoughts already. Yeah, it's it's good. Album. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I often I'd listen to it, but what I would, you know, because it's the 30th anniversary this year, I would really like it if they both got remastered or remixed or something. It'd be quite interesting. I think that would entice me to listen to it even more if, if it was remastered. Mm. They did Appetite for Destruction yes. a few years ago, so hopefully they'll do uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. That'd be good. Did I? All right, couldn't remember. In fact, you you very kindly bought me the remastered <laughs> Appetite for Destruction on vinyl, which is <laughs> that's. I'm glad you remembered buying me it for Christmas. That was that was nice of you. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's uh, uh, so I've got that beside me. Yeah, great, great album. Uh, yeah, for me, mm. it's, uh, it's I've actually really, really enjoyed revisiting uh, both Usual Illusions actually because I hadn't listened to them in ages and. The and I always actually preferred Use Your Illusion one to number two, and coming back to it, you know, years and years and years later, putting them on again, I actually think uh, the second album's much better. Um, and that that one, the second album's perhaps a bit more, a bit more of a move away from the Appetite for Destruction sound, but but I don't mind that. Um, it's maybe a bit more piano led. Uh, uh, but I think the second album holds up incredibly well. So, yeah, it's been fun uh, listening to them again. I agree with you, Paul, that uh, I'd, I'd love to see them remastered. And I know, Paul Murphy, you're saying, God, it's too long, but I'd, I'd actually love to see a deluxe release remastered <laughs> you know where you, you'd maybe get a lot of the, <laughs> the original demos of a lot of these songs. I'd say a lot of them are pre appetite you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are pre-appetite for destruction. So I'd, I'd love to hear what those, you know, original raw demos were like compared to these obviously very produced songs that were that, that eventually came out. 
So that would be good for me. Okay. Um, so what I will say to everyone is yeah, thank, thank you, you very much for, for joining me and Paul uh, tonight. Uh, I've Pleasure. I've really enjoyed going through, mm-hmm. going through this uh, and revisiting an album from, from uh, our youth. Uh, and I uh, hope we can catch up again soon. So, and I'd like to thank you all for, for listening. Uh, listen out for the next podcast, which will be coming shortly, and that is going to be on U2's 1997 album, Pop. So if you liked what you heard today, uh, please remember to subscribe and follow the, the podcast. Please uh, leave feedback if you're if you're going to leave feedback make it positive that 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 would be nice and you can also contact us as well uh, through the spotify or instagram or facebook pages so until next time i have to know where you are we're leaving now so please don't cry you're in the jungle baby (laughs) where are you (laughs) <laughs> Please <Bye>. don't cry. <laughs> I know. I know. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Mr. Bond. Right, here we go. Um, So, welcome to the second episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. I'm Stephen Nicholson. Sorry, can we do that again? (laughs) (laughs) You forgot his name. (laughs) Take two. Oh, you can see how this is going to go, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good start, good start. Yeah. Uh, okay, a wee reminder, Paul, from the script, it says, I'm Paul Nicholson. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> Paul with a P. Okay, okay. Uh, so um, welcome to the second episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. I'm Stephen Nicholson. I... Oh, for goodness. <laughs> <laughs> right, again. How long is this going to Right, do it again, do it again. <laughs> the hardest part is saying your name. <laughs> So why we're doing this, uh, we're both huge music lovers and got into music during the transition period where CDs became the dominant, no, 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 became, (laughs) (laughs) why we're doing this, we're both huge music lovers and got into the uh, music during the transition period where CDs became the dominant, (laughs) (laughs) the dominant force (laughs) in the world. Anyway, here we go. So three, two, one. So, so why are we doing this? Uh, we're, we're both huge music lovers and got into music during the transition period where CDs became the dominant... Well, dominant <laughs> <laughs> dominant <laughs> format. The dominant format. That's hey. what I'm looking for. So welcome for the first time to the uh, Trimming the Musical Fat <laughs> podcast, Mr. Brian Borthwick. Hello. You are there, Brian. Is there anybody there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, we've brought we've just brought Brian on for his uh, 
for his for his <laughs> chat. It's amazing. I was just telling Cheryl that you, you, you could hear her. <laughs> Tell her to come on and see if she likes the album. As she walked past. So, will I just go from the bit when I was going through the track listing? For the... You, sh- you, you okay. should. Right. So... It's time to <laughs> off. I love it. I love it. <laughs> 